Dialogic Disciple is an invitation to explore discipleship in dialogue with the world as disciples of the Word. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dialogic Disciple Podcast. My name is James Johnson. I'm here with my co-host, Elizabeth Shaby. Elizabeth, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Excellent. Uh, today, we are going to continue our series on uh, the Beatitudes uh, and kind of doing what we've been doing uh, in concert with what Bill's preaching on on Sunday mornings as well as what we're teaching on in Sunday school. Uh, and last week, we did a whole little overview of uh, kind of the, the full spectrum and picture of, of what the Beatitudes are about. I laid out my interpretation of them as a step, seven step process, right? Uh, so today we're going to talk about step one. Uh, what which, is step one, James? So, which comes from Matthew chapter five, verse three. Uh, Tell which, us what the book says. Which says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We heard Bill preach on this yesterday. We talked about it in Sunday school. Shout out to my Sunday school class, particularly Kayla Norowski, who uh, pointed out the podcast to everybody, as well as Philip Coleman. Thank Aww. you guys for doing that. Uh, Kayla said that this uh, beatitude is, what does it mean to be, when we were asking the question, what does it mean to pour in spirit? Kayla yeah. said that she thinks it has a lot to do with control. Uh, but let me throw it to you this this uh, afternoon, Elizabeth. What do you, uh, when I tell you that you are, you should be poor in spirit or that Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. What do you think about? What does it mean to be poor in spirit? I don't know where this is going to take us, but <laughs> I do have a thought that I wanted to share. It was crossing my mind just as I was thinking about having this conversation. So I, don't, I just don't know if this qualifies as poor in spirit, but you can tell me what you think. So okay. I have a hard time always, um, I don't know how to say this, like seeing God in things. Right. You know, like I get caught up in my brain and, you know, I get caught up in the drudgery of, you know, we're talking about Mondays. Right. It's just yep. like the Monday drudgery. We had a we had a funeral today. Right. And um, it was it was a, you know, pretty big one. Um, it was a particularly sad one. The guy was rather young. Um, and, you know, it, you know, some days you, you feel it. Some days you know, you're in a situation like that and it just really like gets to you and you feel the Jesus. And it's a very spiritually deep sort of place, you know, and, and I don't, I never really, hardly ever know any of these people, but you know, today, today for me, it was a Monday, right? And you're going through the motions and you're, you know, you're trying to show up and you're trying to do your best. And, but at the end of it, you're just kind of tired and you're like, man, there was, you know, yeah. I, hopefully these people felt what they needed to feel and hopefully we showed up for them as the church. But you know, just for me in my own head today, I'm, I'm just kind of tired and I'm not feeling it. So, um, before I walked in here, our production director comes up to me and he's like, I have a cool story for you. I'm like, all right, you know, what's up, buddy? And uh, so this is Alan. He runs our production department. Alan Newsom. Yeah, Alan Newsom. Shout out Alan Newsom. Woo! He was going into the sanctuary to break down the equipment after the service. No one else is in there. And he's putting the camera away, and all of a sudden he hears a little noise, a little tweet. noise. And he's looking around, he's like, what is going on? Here's it again. And there's this tiny little baby bird perched on the pew of the sanctuary in the front the exact pew where the family was sitting oh my gosh and he's he walks over to it and he's like oh, i don't know what to do with this little bird you know the bird doesn't move he's just kind of sitting there looking around and he he puts out like the speaker pole you know the, the for the speaker yeah and the bird just kind of looks at it and i'm really sure he's like all right well gosh, i don't know i don't know what to do and so alan puts his hand out and the little bird just hops into his hand for real 
for real. And so he, you know, he puts his other little hand over it and he walks, you know, out into the narthex. And I think he, you know, he showed a couple people that were still milling around out there. And, you know, he had this moment where it's like, you know, this, whether we believe it or not, like this, you know, this guy lives on in spirit. Like this little bird was perched right there wow. where the family was. He was just sitting there. And so he, you know, he released him and the little guy flew away. And, and that's it, pretty amazing. It was such a cool, right? And in that moment, just hearing that story, I wasn't even there, but hearing that, was like, man, like, you know, you you can choose not to believe that, right? You can choose to think that it's just a bird in a sanctuary, right? He got in, the door was open today, it's hot, he was probably looking for a cool place, there's a bird in the sanctuary, bird doesn't know where the family was sitting, he's just, you know, crouched there in the pew, whatever, you know, we, we can think about it this way and we can just move on. But, you know, I think to some level, it is a choice, it is a posture, it is a perspective that I can hear that story and we can say, you know what, I am going to choose to believe that there was some spirit thing going on there, you know, like that was a God moment. And so I, to get back to your original question, I I struggle with receiving that kind of story or moment sometimes. Um, I would like to think I'm not alone in that, but I, I I wonder if that can be a component of being poor in spirit is to... Um, not be so consumed with my perspective and my drudgery and my apathy, whatever it is, and to actually remember to be open to something like that, to hearing and to seeing something like that. That's a great story. And I think, you know, you use the words there, uh, you know, I, I choose to believe or I can choose to believe this or I can choose to believe that. But I wonder if you really can. I wonder in a moment like that where if you've prepared yourself with a with a mindset or uh, with a heart that is poor in spirit, I wonder if if the the, the choice has already been made for you. You see that as Maybe, an act yeah. of as an act of faith. You see something in that that uh, you, because you have that mindset, that disposition, that mind of Christ, the. Uh, that you you see the miracle, you know, in the world rather than the coincidence. You yeah. know, you see, um, and it's not that you made a choice to believe it; it's that you already did. Like you, you already did the work of of choosing to have that disposition in the first place. And maybe that's what you know. I, I do think that that, that yeah. could definitely be an uh, an aspect of being poor in spirit. And I think there's another level of it for me too, which is, um believing the other person when they say it right because th- maybe this goes back to the community of faith thing like i wasn't in there oh, you think I didn't, alan was lying to you i didn't see <laughs> alan were you telling the truth oh but you know we like, gotta know so he had that moment too right so yeah. like you're saying maybe it wasn't a choice maybe he you know his heart was in the right place mm-hmm. and he experienced that that moment and then and, and he believed it and he carried it and then he chose to share it and then he shared it yeah and then, that's cool part you know and then one of the cool parts and then i get to be part of that too and i can also hear it and then it becomes a moment for several people on staff or we get you know and he you know i think he's gonna you know he's gonna make sure that information gets to the family he's gonna tell them to start right and then it gets shared and it gets magnified and multiplied but it you know it's that's that's it did start with him you know it's certainly contingent on all of us believing it and sharing it and carrying it out but it also started with him that's important part of it too yeah well it started with the bird started with the bird right started with god and there we go the little bird of faith Flew into the Northside Chapel, or the Northside Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. How about that? That's a really cool story. I can't. That's a good way to start off our conversation, um, because I do think I want to talk about 
what it means to be poor in spirit as the first step in becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. I think it's a largely about a disposition and mindset. Yeah. It's about a, a preparedness uh, for God to work in our lives, and it, it involves it involves um, becoming poor in self. Yeah. Um, being impoverished in self. And, and when we talked about this in Sunday school yesterday, we talked about this in terms of a lot of different things, a lot of different perspectives and understandings of what's happening here. But I think maybe starting off by talking about it as disposition is a good way to jump in. What do you think it means then to be poor in self as a disposition? I think personally, for me, it is not getting consumed with my head, uh, the thoughts that are in my head, um, and being open to God moving through other people. It's, you know, realizing that my perspective, my outlook on the world, my feeling in the moment, um, it doesn't have to be the dominant, uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for, the dominant the lens, lens I mean, yeah, right. right? There you go, yeah. of the day, right? Because, right. you know, going back to this, right? So I'm in this space today where I'm like, ah, you know, I'm not really feeling it. And then suddenly you get hit with this story that's really beautiful. And you're like, oh, this is, this whole thing is a lot bigger than you. And that's fine that you're not having the best Monday ever, but there's something else going on here. And so it's remembering that I don't have to get stuck up in my own, um, my own thoughts. It's, there's, there's something out there that's on offer to me by God that is much bigger than, my perspective and that's always available to me so it's remembering that and that is very that's hard for me to do um but i i think being poor in spirit like you're saying being poor in self is letting go of whatever it is that i've brought to today's table and realizing that god has something even better no i think that's really good um it reminds me a lot of um you remember the um commencement speech that david foster wallace gave uh a few years ago um, and he talks about in, it's called This Is Water. You can look it up on YouTube for those of you who want to check it out. Uh, it's on YouTube. You can also you can buy the book. It's been published, uh, and it's a it's actually an LP. I have the LP at home that you can listen to <laughs> on your record player if that's what you want. Uh, but uh, he gives this great speech called This Is, and he, it's entitled This Is Water. And he talks a lot about in that commencement speech that as as people who are graduating from a liberal arts college, uh, you know what 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 was that education actually worth? What does it mean? And and I think his point is that. What you learn in college and what we learn in life is that you have control over what you think about. Mm. You have control over your attitude and perspective on things, and that that's really what you learn uh, in college. That's what you learn if you learn to be uh, discerning and and uh, and see the world through not just the fact that you know he makes the point that like every experience you've ever had is always you're you've always been the center of every experience you've ever had. You know, so it's always been through your eyes. Everything you know is has been you know processed by your brain as though you were the center of the universe and it's very hard for us to get away from that yeah you know that's the self that is it is has marked everything that we've ever learned everything we've ever experienced everything we ever felt or known or seen uh and he, you know he tells the story and I, I quoted this story in Sunday school yesterday but the story of the two fish that are swimming along uh in in the ocean you know and they're talking to each other having a great day and and this older fish swims by, and he's like, oh, how's the water, boys? The water's great today, isn't it, boys? Or something like that. And then he swims off, and one fish looks at the other fish and says, what's water? 
right? <laughs> because they don't know. They're swimming in the right. water and they don't have they don't have the self awareness to realize that they're 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 living in water. Like they just right. don't have that experience yet. Uh, and the older fish, of course, does he has that perspective, and that's one of the things that that's that's the self for us. We are swimming in this sea of self, and we don't Ooh. even realize it. We don't even realize it. Yeah. Uh, and it takes it takes an extra effort of of perspective, reflection, mm-hmm. awareness to kind of step back and say, "Oh, this is this is me." Like you know, like the fish have to say, "This is water." Right. You got to say, "Oh, this is me. This is myself," and and to be able to step away from that uh, is the beginning of empathy. It's the beginning of a lot of different things but i think what jesus is making clear here in this in the sermon on the mount on the beatitudes is that this is the very first step to becoming a disciple of jesus christ that we have to become poor in self uh paul talks about it, sin in terms of being selfishness like for paul that is sin is the selfishness it's this kind of inward turn that we do uh as human beings because we're ourselves are, are so uh malformed by sin that that Mm -hmm. we inward turn and and we don't think or reflect or really care about other people in the way that we should Mm -hmm. um and so uh that's why i think um i think that's i think that's why this is the first step and maybe it maybe it's the hardest maybe it's the hardest step um of of becoming a disciple of jesus christ and again this is something we have to do on a daily basis with the exact details of this but i think it's ignatius has the examine yeah i've never i I think i might have done it like for a day or something but i have always kind of wanted to try and do that as a spiritual practice because it's like isn't it like a a beginning of the day and an end of the day where you kind of go through this absolutely step-by-step process of like you're talking about Mm -hmm. reflecting but it kind of it's a prayer that's designed to kind of prepare you for the day and then also okay. to yeah. to assess the day that you just had so sort of that like in between step of not being absorbed in yourself but the first stepping out of yourself and reflecting on you and your world and how you're interacting with the world that's right as a movement out right, right. movement to become right. poor in self that's right uh, you know, and a lot of that has to do with with um, something else that was brought up in Sunday school yesterday, and I think this is uh, Ann Landers brought this up. But uh, trying to get out, shout out to my Sunday school people. I love it. Uh, but uh, the idea that being poor in self, being poor in spirit, uh, is also the the realization and awareness of who we are in relation to God, uh, and the, and the idea that we are sinners, right? We are sinners. Mm-hmm. And God is holy, and God is 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 there, and and <clears throat> the God, the, the majesty of God should be something that that truly puts us in our place, you know, and reminds us of who we are. So, yeah. a lot of times we get caught up in being, uh, you know, it's pride. It's all about being proud, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Pride is the root of all evil. Uh, you know, some people have said throughout the history of Christian theology that pride is really the only sin. Ooh. And that the pride, pride is the original sin of, of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. So pride, this idea of being uh, full of self and just like, you know, wanting to, wanting to glorify the self and, and hallow the self, you know, me and my name rather than rather than pointing toward God. So this, this is um, something that came to my mind as well. Um, when you talked about the alignment with uh, the Beatitudes and the Lord's Prayer, 
and the, so that first yeah. line, right? The poor in spirit is lining up with the first line of the Lord's Prayer, which is prayer right. our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And one time I, when I heard you teach this, you specifically said like, your name, not mine. Right. And adding that caveat, I, like I, I believe what you're saying like is that that's what it's meant to do. But literally adding those words into it really helped me like process that whole poor in spirit thing. It's like I am, I'm, I'm howling your name, like the name of God, because I'm not like I'm giving up that on mine. Like right. I'm not. This is glory to God's name, not to mine. And I need that extra. Yeah. I need that extra language. Sometimes it doesn't work for me for it to just be implied. Like I need to actually remind myself yeah. that it is. It's it's you, not me. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I do think that the the Lord's prayer works in parallel with uh, as as a kind of a parallel practice to to pray the Beatitudes in a way, right? So when we say "Blessed are the poor in spirit," in order to become poor in spirit, so so to be poor in spirit, one of the things that the, the core of what that's getting at is recognizing who God is and recognizing who I am in relation to God. Uh, and that's exactly what the first line of the Lord's Prayer is about, right? As you just yeah. laid out, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy be your name, right? Uh, the recognition of who Father, who God is to me, mm-hmm. you know, in relationship, who, where God is in relationship to me, uh, as well as the fact that it is God who is holy and it is God's name that is to be reverenced, you know, uh, yeah. and that it is God's name and God's person and God, God, who is supposed to be, um, that um, is supposed to be the source of all my richness. Yeah. Right? So when I'm rich in self, I, I'm not rich in God. Yeah. Right. And I, I, when I'm rich in self, I think that I'm independent. When I'm rich in self, I think that I can do and take care of myself. Whereas mm-hmm. if I'm impoverished in self, if I am truly poor in self, poor in spirit, that's also a recognition of my complete and absolute dependence upon God for every single breath that I take. That's the beginning of empathy, but it's also the beginning of humility. And it's the beginning of of seeing the world through eyes, through a lens that is not, you know, it's not shaped by the, the, the way I feel, you know, mm-hmm. that is not shaped by the kind of day that I'm having, which is what we, where we started this conversation off. think it would take to more actively more intentionally bring that posture to our worship space on a Sunday morning because I think I mean I get caught up in this right like I bring me into the worship space and it's like well, what am I getting out of this or like maybe this yeah. can make me feel better today you know um, or gosh that didn't really make me feel better today you know so what would it look like to, and obviously this is what church is for, but I, you know, we, I, I don't know. I think that we don't always, this isn't always apparent or it's not always like right. easy to do. So what would it take to make that the focus of Sunday morning? Like how can we check ourselves at the door yeah. on a Sunday morning and realize that this is about, this is yeah. about putting ourselves in our place and, and glorifying God. Well, that, yeah, that's a great question. And I think it would take a, I think it take a bevy of strategies yeah. uh, in order to do that. I, I do think 
um, you know, we when we come into worship, we bring with us a bunch of distraction. We bring with us a bunch of other yeah. things that we're thinking about, whether it's stuff we got to do later that day or stuff that we just went through that week. Right. A lot of times, or it's, or it's the kids that we have with us in the pew, right? Or mm-hmm. it's, you know, the other people, you know, distraction and, and concern and these things, uh, they come with us. I, I wonder if, and again, I don't, I'm not involved in playing the worship services around here, but I wonder if a moment of silence, like at the beginning of every service, uh, where where the congregation is invited to center themselves. And there there are moments like that. I was going to say, I mean, this I mean, is all built in, but I just think that but, we've gotten to a place yeah. where we don't, we're not very mindful of this. And yeah. we just ask, and I don't, you know, there are certainly all there, the uh, wonderful, uh, heartfelt people that walk in on absolutely. Sunday morning. I'm just kind of talking like in a big generic sense, I think as a oh, culture, as a people, I think we have done. So what can we do to recheck ourselves and do that? But I think you're right. I like, I like where yeah. you're going with no, that. And I think, I think maybe even larger than, um, Maybe even more than just worship on Sunday mornings. I think, I think that's what the Lord's prayer is for. Yeah, you know. So I, yeah. I, we, the Lord's prayer has become something we all have memorized. And the danger of memorizing something is that it becomes rote, and mm-hmm. that we don't think and reflect on the words anymore. Anything that you can say without while thinking about something else that that becomes something right. that's not no, that's not totally necessarily true. helpful anymore. But yeah. if you were to if you were to take the time to pray the Lord's prayer three times a day. You know, something that we've mm-hmm. done on this podcast before with Nick and something that I've participated in and that we've done with the devotionals before mm-hmm. is to invite people to basically pray what are called the hours, which is, you know, 6 a.m. or 7 a.m., 9 a.m., noon, 3 o'clock, and, and then at 6 p.m. Or, or before you go to bed uh, to pray the Lord's Prayer or some form of prayer uh, at those particular times during the day that keeps that keeps you uh, centered mm-hmm. and it keeps you thinking about who you are in relation to God and what it is you should be doing as a disciple rather than, uh, you know, only praying the Lord's prayer. Let's be honest, you know, for most of us, that's just one time on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. this prayer is, is specifically designed, I think, to get us in that right disposition and mindset so that we can begin the process of becoming a disciple, which is to be poor in self or poor in spirit. Bill uh, offered an acronym for prayer, and I think we used it in the last devotional. It's ACTS. Um, A for adoration, C for confession, T for thanksgiving, and S for supplication. And that is helpful for me because it, it because I do check out when I'm saying the Lord's Prayer, yeah. but having like a guide that forces me to basically create my own. Not there's, sure. you know, it, obviously the Lord's Prayer, that's what Jesus told us to do. We should be doing it. But um, sometimes when I find myself getting just like, I'm even saying the Lord's Prayer to myself silently in a moment, and I my brain checks out halfway through because I know it so well, you know. And so it's hard to so forcing myself to you know be creative and go through the acts. But it starts it starts with adoration, right? And that I have found, and not that I'm good at this by any means, but when there was a period I went through where I was doing it pretty regularly, and having the beginning of the prayer with a dedicated time to adore God and praise yeah. God for who God is, yeah. that changes the whole posture. Absolutely. Right? Because you're right, you're hallowing God's name instead of your own. Right. That's exactly right. And I think having the awareness to say 
that I'm not just praising God, but I'm also lowering myself. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Because a lot of times we'll, we'll praise God, we'll worship God, but we'll do it from the high pedestal that we put ourselves on. Yeah. yeah totally. God's higher than me, but I'm still pretty high. Let's right. go. Right. Uh, yeah. I think I think a lot of times we what we forget is the lowering posture, which is you know why I yeah. think it's so powerful and important when people kneel to pray. Right. Right. That kind of posture, physical posture with your body, actually means something. Like it's not just you know I remember having I remember having an argument with my grandmother one time. Where she was like, when you pray, you get down on your knees, you uh, you close your eyes, you bow your head, you fold your hands, right? The whole, the, the classic, you know, posture for prayer. And I remember once I got into college and I was studying scripture and all that, you know, I came back at her and said one time, it doesn't matter, like, how you stand or what you do. Like, God, I could stand here with my hands up in the air with my eyes wide open and, you know, and I can pray and God's going to hear me. And she's like, that's right, God will hear you, but... You know, are you going to actually hear you? Like, are you going to hear him? Right. Like, you kind of thing where the posture, mm-hmm. she, you know, she's the one who taught me, like, the posture of your body, the way you use your body is actually really important to mm-hmm. how, you know, how we receive God. Um, and that's true in a lot of ways, but it's certainly true in the way that we pray. Yeah, I love that. You're, you're speaking my to my Episcopalian <laughs> heart here. here I grew go. up with kneelers, <laughs> and the first time I came to Northside, I was like, wait. Where are the kneelers? Right. I don't understand. I don't understand how I'm supposed to pray <laughs> sitting in my pew. This is weird. I can't do this, you know? And, I mean, you know, yeah, right. that is something that I have struggled with yeah. is maintaining that focus and that heartfeltness just because I do so easily get distracted by visuals and what's around me and my yeah. body and the bulletin that I'm holding and the hymnal and, you know, whatever, your keys move, you know, so like anything. And so putting yourself in that posture, I miss that yeah. a lot. And, and we began this conversation by talking about um, perspective and awareness. Yeah. And, and, and now we're talking about this prayer as it's connected to as it's connected to what it means to be poor in spirit. I mean, if 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 you want to change your perspective, sometimes you, you got to change where you're looking, right? Yeah, you, totally, you gotta right? You got to change what you're doing mm-hmm. with your eyes, with your body. Yeah. Um, and that might mean changing if you are someone who kneels, if you are someone who goes through that that practice, uh, that holy ritual of kneeling and, and closing your eyes by your head, maybe you mix that up somehow. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't, I think what's important is that we, again, we recognize that it's, it's not just praising God; it's also lowering ourselves. Right. There's a great, uh, huge. a great passage in John chapter three, where um, I believe it's in John chapter three, uh, where they come to John the Baptist and they're talking about Jesus and they're like, "Hey, man, this guy's doing all this stuff. Like, let's go get him or something like that." Right? They're like, "Oh, you're the guy. You're John the Baptist." Like, and John responds by saying, uh, "No, you know, he must he must become greater. I must become less." Mm-hmm. And that is, I think, a prayer. Right. I think that's a uh, a prayer for us, a reminder for us. More of me, it, more of you, less of me. Less right? of less me. Of it's me, not just adding you. God to what already here. Right. And this is this is an essential part of what I think a lot of times I misunderstand yeah. about faith and, and, and where I am spiritually uh, and where I am in my faith. And I think a lot of other people do, too, that that we tend to think that belief and faith and being a disciple and, and following God and reading the scriptures and praying and all these things are things that we are adding to what we already have, you know, that we're praising God and building God up, but we're doing it from the place that we already are rather than realizing that, no, what what Jesus is saying here, and I think what is, is the witness of the gospel throughout the scriptures is that it doesn't be even begin necessarily with praising God and lifting God up. It begins with understanding that we have to empty ourselves. Mm-hmm. We have to become less. We have to let something go. 
in order to have room for the spirit right. to be poured in. I have to be poor of self if I want to be rich in spirit. You know, and, and this we see this we see this in this you know as we walk through the gospels. You know, you don't even get out of Matthew before you see in Matthew 16, Jesus says, "If anyone wants to be my disciple, they have to deny themselves, pick up the cross, and follow me." That's in Matthew 16. Step one: deny yourself. Right. So, be poor in spirit. Deny yourself. If you go and look at what Paul says in Romans chapter six, he talks about the fact that we have been. Uh, baptized into Jesus's death. We have died to ourselves so that we can also join in the resurrection, but you cannot be in the resurrection. And that's not just the resurrection at the end of time. That's the resurrection that comes through faith here and now. You can't be part of that until you've died to self. You have to deny yourself. You have to be poor in spirit. And as he says in Philippians chapter two, as I quote all the time, Right, You have to have that same mind that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, emptied himself, gave that up, and became like us. It became obedient to the point of death, even death on a oh, cross. Goodness. If God can empty God's self of being God to be one of us in order to be with us, to walk with us, to teach us, and ultimately to save us, man, how much, <laughs> it can't be that much harder for James to get empty James of James' self. Right or Elizabeth to empty Elizabeth of Elizabeth's self. God gave up being God to mm -hmm. be one of us so that he could save us. Not just as an act of salvation, but as an example for us to follow, to have that same mind which is in Christ mm -hmm. Jesus. That is the call. Uh, and, the, and when we're talking about mind, we're, we're talking about perspective. We're talking mm -hmm. about the way we see the world and the way we see ourselves, and particularly how we see ourselves in relation to God. If we want to be able to walk into a sanctuary and mm -hmm. see a little bird perched on the front pew and we want to see the work of God in that moment rather than start thinking of the million different coincidences and scientific reasons that that could have happened then we have to have this shift in perspective and then we can see miracles in the almost mundane things that happen in our lives yeah. every Monday can be miracle Monday you're talking about um, seeing ourselves in relation to God and I'm thinking it has to almost start with us not seeing ourselves at all. Like it has to start with us focusing on God and just seeing God for a minute yeah. and learning how to push those distractions out of our minds. Right. And then from there, looking at how we relate to God, right? It's that you have to go all the way up before you zoom in, you know, because we get so distracted by ourselves. That's true. So we're just swimming in the water. Right. Yeah. Don't even realize we need somebody to come along and ask us how the water is. <laughs> right. And that's I mean that's exactly what that's what this Jesus event is all about. The the life, yeah. death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is this moment where God so who de so desperately wants to be in a relationship with us becomes one of us in order to speak to us direct directly to us in a way that can be recorded and told and, and spread mm -hmm. through faith. So as we as we kind of wrap up today, Elizabeth, um, I, the question I want to ask you, uh, and I think a lot of folks would be interested in hearing answer to, is you know how do we how do we do this? What's yeah. a practical way that we as Northside Church or as individual believers in Jesus Christ, like how do we 
how can we practice being poor in spirit? You think? What are some ways that we can engage that? My mind goes right away to like what like what can we do on a Sunday morning, right? The what can that look like for us to shift our perspective in this already this thing that we already hopefully do, right? We're going to church on Sunday morning. I like I like your idea of a moment of silence, you know, or setting up a moment of silence, right? Because we have them. We have plenty of moments of silence. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly we could intentionally get to church early and sit in the pew though i've tried to do that sometimes and then you know you end up in a joyful conversation with someone which that's all fruitful too you know so what is that can how can we set that up for ourselves um you know i've played with sometimes you know if you if your body has a very obvious posture of prayer then you know bob over there probably won't stop and say hi you know like if you look like you're praying you know maybe you can greet bob after the service instead go down to the altar Right. Ooh. We don't you could do go to the here. prayer chapel yeah, or, or the even chapel. the chapel, maybe. Not. Yeah, and putting your heart in the right place before church. I like the idea. Um, you know, it, could, could we have something, um, you know, maybe almost like... <laughs> This is going to sound cheesy, but like some sort of activity thing or like a question in the bulletin that, you know, it's like a dump, right? You know, like, can I, can I walk in and can I like identify all of the things that are on my mind or on my heart that are distracting me? Can I write them down on a piece of paper and dump them in a box like in the narthex, you know, or something like that? Uh, That's interesting. You know, something to acknowledge. Physically doing something again with your body. Yeah, yeah. And so, cause you know, so like Eric, you're saying like, these are all legit things. We have human concerns and sorrows and struggles and distractions that we bring. So what can we do to acknowledge those things, but then realize that we have to set them apart for an hour, right? right. It's not even an hour anymore. It's like 50 <laughs> minutes, you know, like, can, can we, can we set that apart for 50 minutes while we focus on God? And then, you know, and then obviously there's that going into the world piece, right? Like enter to worship, exit to serve. So what can we do to then take that out into the world? Yeah. And that becomes like, you know, like that examine thing. Like, how can I, all right, now that I've focused on God, how can I think about myself in relation to that, you know, or how can I then examine that? I like that we're talking about this in terms of worship uh, today. Um, I like, I I don't know, there's something about that that resonates with me uh, Mm -hmm. this afternoon as we were sitting here talking about this. Um, Well, I would, um, I would challenge all of our listeners out there as well as everyone at Northside Church to prayfully consider what it is that that you can do to, to kind of put yourself in that poor in self poor in spirit mindset uh, and then allow God to do the rest because this yeah. is the thing like it, it this is a God thing you know and I, and I'm I'm willing to bet that we are so caught up in ourselves that we don't even realize we don't even realize that we can't, we can't really do this ourselves. Like yeah. it has to be God who's doing this, right? It's almost as though if right. we, if we are fish in water, we have to be caught and pulled out of the water. <laughs> all right. And then drop back how in. Else would you know and there's then water. Know, right. <laughs> and then we would know. Yeah. Uh, and then we can spend the rest of our lives, you know, being in that posture. Uh, and again, daily, daily kind of thing. This is not, this is not something you do once. Something I've thought about recently is, you know, I, I, we all have our low moments and our high moments, right? And um, I have certainly had the experience where in those low moments, I feel a lot closer to God because guess what? I'm not happy, you know? So I'm praying all the time and I'm asking God for God's will and I am seeking and I'm searching and I'm in that posture. And then, you know, life gets kind of good and you're like, ah, yeah, cool. I'm just going to do my thing. (laughs) I'm going to go over here and do me because I'm having a blast. And so what would it look like to act in relation to God, the way 
in, in our high moments and our mountaintop moments act the same way that we do in our valleys. Yeah. Praying all the time, Being getting on our knees, you know, yeah. sharing everything with God. And so what can we do? What's a small thing that we can do to make those actions mirror, you know, to be That's consistent. Great. Yeah. Food for thought. Food for thought. If you guys have any thoughts or want to join them. in the conversation, please let us know. Shoot us an email. Uh, or you can come join us at Sunday School uh, in the chapel uh, at 1010 on Sunday mornings. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you so much for being a part this of this conversation. Thank and you. Uh, we will talk to you guys next week.